Welcome to the Mediocre Outdoor Podcast, where I talk about the old ways in a new way. Technology is great, but knowing how it used to be done can only progress us further. So join me and my guests as we talk about everything from canning to skiing and everything in between. Day one, part one, turkey hunting. So, this morning, um, we wake up in a different part of the state uh, where we know that there's some turkeys. Actually, my daughter and my three nephews and my brother-in-law, we all spent the night in my buddy's barn, um, which it was like 26 degrees out, and we all froze our asses off. Um, But, now it's sunny and and ready to go, and uh, opening day of turkey season. And I literally just sent my brother-in-law, which has never turkey hunted before, and uh, my three nephews and daughter, which have never turkey hunted before, sent all of them off into the woods in a place they've never been before and said, have fun, shoot the one that's puffed up and goblin, while I have to go back into town and sit through a seminar class for firefighting um, for the rest of the day, which... I had a schedule conflict, so I ended up spending my first day of turkey season and first day of vacation doing work. So, um, anyways, that should be interesting to see how this turns out. Um, We'll probably do a a kind of recap through the entire weekend and make it into one podcast. So, right now, it's sunny and 36 degrees out, uh, 8 o'clock in the morning, and... Uh, seen a lot of whitetail deer. Haven't seen any turkeys yet this morning, but uh, it looks to be a beautiful day, and we'll see. We have a weird weather system came in. Um, usually this time of year, it's kind of overcasty and rainy, and maybe even a little bit of snow here and there. Um, and we got a weather forecast of easterly offshore winds, which is not necessarily normal this time of year um and by by saturday we could have up to 80 degree temps so big swings in weather which i don't know what that's going to do to the turkeys but uh freezing at night and getting in the 70s and 80s in the in the daytime so um that's a weather condition i've never dealt with before during spring turkey so we'll see how that how that pans out and how the birds like it um went out to the area that we normally hunt and uh talked to a few guys and there seems to be a fair amount of hunting pressure so um yeah we'll uh we'll see how that ha- what happens there if we get pushed out or um what the dealio is but uh anyways so day one Set off a bunch of people that never turkey hunted before by themselves in an area they've never been into. Check. Um, and we'll see how that turns out. We'll talk to you in a few. So the end of day one, um, got out of my class. We met up and uh, headed back into the uh, air, area where we were hunting, where they were hunting. Um, and they described to me that they actually were able to find a bird on the first day 
um, a gobbly tom, but it was uh, up by the snow line, uh, pretty high, and they couldn't get within 300 yards, so they just went ahead and tried to sneak in on them with really no idea how to hunt a turkey. Um, <laughs> actually, they tried to hunt it like it was a grouse, because um, that's kind of the bird familiarization they had as far as hunting goes. Uh, obviously, with no success. They, I don't know if they, even know if they had a call with them at that time, but um, they tried and had fun stocking up on it. And, and, uh, and a, somebody else, I think, came in and was also working the bird, and they had some issues with that. But, um, anyways, then they uh, met up with me, and we decided that we were going to try a different area because it was getting awfully hot. This. The, the whole the whole trip has been unseasonably warm like the forecast is for 75 plus um, which is normally it's like around 50 this time of year and everything is super dry I mean you can't step on a twig without making noise and no wind so it's super quiet um, very very hard to stock anything anyways we decided to go try another area uh, public land that happened to be um, a little higher elevation, uh, just just below the snow line, probably I don't know, three four hundred feet. And um, I'd been up there in previous years in the summertime. Um, found a lot of turkey sign up in that area, so we figured we'd go check it out. It was more um, more timberland with with some meadows and uh, range uh, range area. So, anyways, we headed up there and uh, came across a hand, found one lone hand. She was down by a creek uh, in the thicker brush, and I'm guessing she'd probably already been bred and was looking for a nesting area, is my guess. And, uh, anyways, so, then we kind of did some exploring, and we just figured, you know, it was getting kind of late in the day, so we would just kind of scout for the next day and kind of look out some other areas and uh, just kind of taking taking a new country, you know. So we did that, finished off day one, um, met up with a friend of mine where we were staying at and um, he was kind of talking with us um, over the phone and then uh, about, I don't know, an hour later he showed up um, at his house where we met up with him and he actually had been successful opening day um, he had some private land that he was hunting and he actually ended up taking uh, a pretty nice tom, I'm going to say it's a two year tom uh, about a six inch beard Merriam turkey and uh, he was all alone kind of on the edge of this property and uh, he was able to get a good shot off on him anywho uh, so end of day one one bird down nobody in our hunting party but my buddy that we were staying with um, did really good so uh, day two we decided to go back out in the area that I had uh, hunted previously years before where I'd had a lot of luck and, and a lot of contacts and so um, I ended up taking the 15 year old and one of the 13 year olds with me and uh we decided to do a death march Why uh, my brother-in-law and my daughter and 
the other 13-year-old nephew decided to uh, just walk some, some logging roads through uh, some old two tracks through some thinnings and uh, see what they could find. And so, anyways, about, I don't know, an hour into our death hike, we end up getting uh, a gobble. And so we set up, he was probably three, 400 yards out by what my onyx was saying and kind of the area that I knew that I figured he'd be at. Um, at the top of this mountain, there's like a, a big flat and there's a little pond uh, kind of secluded up there. It's like a little sag pond or whatever. Um, and that's probably the only water source for about a mile. Anyways, um, so we start calling at him and he's calling back pretty good and we're clucking and and doing some hand sounds, and, and he's he's gobbling back and responding quite a bit, but de- definitely not committing. And so, um, I don't know, probably after about a half hour messing with this bird, there was, uh, we heard somebody else kind of, I don't know, I guess he'd be kind of flanking us, kind of rolling around the side of the, uh, the hill. We're probably three quarters of the way up the top of this mountain, or hill, whatever you want to call it. Um, and as we could hear somebody kind of flanking us. So whether he could hear the gobbler too, or he could hear us and was playing off us, I'm not sure. My um, guess is he could also hear the gobbler. So I kind of made the decision that knowing these birds in this area, that they're probably not going to call in. Being public land, um, they just don't want to. They like to stay on the, keep the high ground, and they they kind of like to just, uh, for lack of a better words talk crap to you but not you know show up anywhere they like to just stay there and basically laugh at you anyways so I told the boys that okay we're gonna we're gonna flank this thing around to the west of this hill instead of hitting them straight on we can use cover um, these rolling hills and some some thicker brush pockets to kind of sneak up in there without being seen or heard hopefully um, which we did, and it took us about a half hour, 45 minutes uh, to go 200 yards um, because it's just so dry, and every single stick makes makes a noise. It's so dead quiet. Um, but we get within what we figure is probably about 100 yards of him, and the 13-year-old hasn't killed anything yet, and he's really just been bugging about his brother and, and his... Uh, cousin have killed stuff but he hasn't and so he he really wanted to really wanted to pull the trigger on a turkey so <laughs> because it was so dry I uh, I made him take his shoes off and and uh, sneak in the last hundred hundred feet or so with uh in his socks and uh what she did and he did a great stock and he got up there and what I think happened is the bird we knew the bird was right there but he was there's a big flat and I think what he did is he just happened to you know, be running back and forth on there, doing crazy stuff, and uh, I think he had just dipped over on the far side of, of, of the ridge just about the time he got to where he should have been looking at him and, and had a shot, and so he kind of gave me the signal that he, you know, lost him or whatever, and um, so we, we grabbed me and the, uh, me and the other nephew grabbed our gear and his gear, and and snuck up to him, and we could still hear the gobbler run around. But I think I could, we could hear that guy uh, that was flanking us. We could hear him calling off the backside of the ridge. So he he'd wrapped completely around the ridge, and 
my thought process on it was, well, I'm not here to mess up somebody else's hunt, even though it was probably our hunt to begin with. Um, that's just not my thing. So I figured I'd be nice. And I, I told the boys, I said, okay, here's our plan. If these birds are as spooky as I think they are, as soon as that guy gets too comfortable calling or screws up and the bird sees him, he's going to bolt and he's going to do a 180. So I said, let's kind of set up on this ridge where I kind of feel that, you know, with the, there's kind of like a little saddle and, and, and just a kind of a funnel here. More likely if that guy spooks that bird, he's going to come right back through this area. So we set up in a, such a way that we were kind of on the backside of this ridge in a saddle, basically unless a bird flew off the mountain, that's the only way he's coming back through. Um, and then we set up our Jake decoy and I kind of spread us all out in different, different areas so that we could kind of cover the whole ridge. You know, if he, if he came from off the left side, the one nephew would have him. If he came off the right side, the other nephew would have him. If he came straight down the middle, I'd have a fairly decent shot. Anywho, um, it was maybe, I don't know, three to five minutes uh, after we set up, um, we could hear the gobbler goblin, but yet he was coming this way and he kind of shut up. And so we just sat there and the, the older boy, he actually, uh, <laughs> happened to get a 17 yard shot off at the, at the turkey ran right into him. And, um, unfortunately he was so close and, um, he wasn't a hundred percent set up with his new gun on how to, uh, had, didn't really have a pattern, hadn't really shot it a whole lot. And, um, I'm pretty sure his choke was, was tight enough that he was aiming for the head and just shot right next to it. We ended up finding one feather. And, uh, so at least we got a shot off a bird and, um, that was, that was pretty much it. The bird took off and that was our one, one shot that we got off, off of the bird. So we headed down the mountain and, uh, went to go meet up with the rest of everybody and, and kind of regroup and on our way down we met several hunters and uh people everywhere and um it just it was a you know it was, it was hunting public land and uh heard a couple other gobbles but nothing really worth chasing and so by that time it was probably 75 maybe 80 degrees out probably on 11 o'clock 11 30 and so uh we just headed back down the mountain and decided that we were going to go back and eat lunch and regroup and let the kids get a bathroom break and maybe get some food in them and water up and whatnot and kind of head out for an evening hunt later. Um, so we did, and, and later that evening, um, talked to my friend, and he said he had a spot of public land that butted up to some private land that he had permission on and was able to get permission for all of us to uh, walk through this private piece to get to kind of an isolated piece of pub public land. And so we all decided that's what we were going to do for the evening. And uh, my buddy had a few trail cameras set up in this area, and so he wanted to check those as well. And so we went up and, and kind of set on this this big flat up on above this private piece and. Uh, you could hear turkeys gobbling all around, but nothing really was funneling our way. Um, so we just sat there basically till dark, 
he went and collected a few chips off his cameras, and then we, we headed out for the evening, um, and we got back to camp, we're sitting around there, and he was checking his cards, only to find out that he had two different cougar pictures on one trail camera that was about, uh, probably about 400 feet from where we, uh, we were set up, uh, and it's fairly, fairly brushy stuff, a lot of, uh, understory dug fir in, a in ponderosa pine type forest, um, and these two cats were like, oh, that's cool, you know, you got two cougars on your, two different cougars on your camera, well, come to find out they were only there four days before we were there, and so, um, yeah, that was a little bit eerie to know that there's two cats literally just 400 feet from us a couple days ago, and here we are barking and chirping on all these turkey calls and, uh, and, and a, kind of a, an ambushy type of cover, so that was, that was a little bit hair-raising, but anyways, cool to see that, that, you know, there's that kind of wildlife up there, uh, earlier last year, uh, he, on the same camera, he was able to get a bear, a wolf, and a different cougar all on the same camera, so very high traffic area for predators right there, long, private, I mean, we're talking less than a quarter mile from somebody's house, uh, pretty, pretty darn close, but anyways, end of day two, um, got to see a few birds, but nothing real, real good, you know, no, no real setups or anything, um, so day three, we decided we were going to go back up to, um, back up to the same area where we shot at the, the gobbler, and, uh, there was, unfortunately, it was, happens to be the first Saturday of turkey season, and every single person, their brother, their uncle, their aunt, their cousin, nephew, neighbor, in-law, whatever, was up there, and oh my gosh, was it packed. Um, we got a little bit of late start because it was so cold, uh, we were actually, uh, sleeping in cots in my, uh, my buddy's garage, which was uninsulated, and it probably got down to about 25, which we weren't expecting it to get that cold, so one, a bunch of people that weren't used to sleeping on cots, they were, you know, what I call bed soft, um, so you don't ever sleep very good when you're sleeping on hard cots, and then two, sleeping on a cot in 25 degree weather where that wind and that air from that concrete floor just comes up underneath that cot and just freezes you, so nobody slept well, so anyways, by Saturday, we were, we, we kind of slept in a little bit, probably a little too late, and, uh, we literally could not find a spot to park, every single turn off, every single spot I had, had people in it, so, um, we ended up finding a little area that was kind of a, uh, it was a closed, I mean, it was gated, you couldn't drive on it yet, um, but I knew there's turkeys in there, and there's an old road that went back to, like, a, a park area, uh, which you couldn't hunt the park area, but you could hunt around the perimeter of it, and so we decided to walk in there and check it out, and it was kind of cool, we seen some, see some different stuff for the kids, you know, different, different waterfowl, there's a bunch of geese and ducks and different, you know, different stuff, we seen some grouse drumming, and saw a, uh, a goose sitting on a, uh, on a nest, and just kind of, just kind of a good morning for, for teaching and exploring, and anyways, so, um, 
my brother-in-law decided that he was just he needed to get home so and you know we had a pretty long day uh and it, pretty long week actually and and he had a, a long drive it's about an eight hour drive for him so he decided he was going to hunt just the morning and then they were going to pack up and, and head home and so we hunted pretty much until about 11 i think and then went back and they packed up and we said sayonara good luck and farewell and yada yada and they took off and left and so the daughter and I uh, actually met up with my friend and his son and uh, were able to get some permission on some private land that he knew and so for the evening hunt we decided to go down there and and, uh, and do that and we we snuck down in there and and uh, set up some decoys and he's got this little river and some river bottom and um, a couple different pieces of property which it's one of those things where you got permission on one piece and then there's an, you know there's like another big farm or, or property adjacent and for whatever reason these birds we were within 300 yards of them the whole time but we could never get them to commit and uh, or jump that fence fence line and, but we did have a fun time. We spent about an hour and a half calling, um, doing, doing some different uh, calling techniques and uh, just trying to get those birds excited enough to come over. I'm not sure if it's just the fact that the birds are not... Um, we just caught them a little early and they just haven't... Um, they just really haven't split off. They're still grouped up. Um, I mean, we counted eight gobblers in uh in one flock the one that we were calling that evening and eight di eight different long beards and there was probably about 30 hens in that group but they were all still grouped together they weren't fighting you know they were strutting and stuff but they weren't really fighting they weren't trying to you know fight for hens they weren't trying to push each other out um there really wasn't any lone gobblers like they were still all grouped up so it makes me think that they were a little early in the season and that uh, that the hens still were plentiful and so they they were just fat and happy and were, weren't wanting to come into any call. But they did call back and we got to work on some different call sequences and kind of play around with, um, you know, what was working and what wasn't as far as getting them to call back. Obviously nothing was working for getting them to come in, but... Um, Anyways, we pretty much messed around with them until they said uncle and, and went up and roosted. And uh, that was the end of day three. And then uh, this morning, which was uh, day four, uh, the daughter, she's, bless her soul, she, she's put up with this for, you know, been on the road for four days at this point. And uh, we haven't showered, we haven't done anything, just living camp life with... Uh, baby wipes and powders and that's about it and eating eating dad's camp food which basically consists of hot dogs beef jerky and potato chips and so she's she's getting pretty wore out but i i conned her and i said you know let's let's just see if we can go back out that same spot where we were last night with all the gobblers and we'll just get there early in the morning and set up and maybe we get we'll just stay for a couple hours before we head home just give me a couple hours I have a really good feeling that we might be able to get a turkey. 
So even though she was reluctant, she she gave me that, and so we we got up super early, and and my friend, his boy, and, and us, we went out, set up, and on our way on our way in, we have to come through two properties um, to get to the property we can hunt. And on the way in, it was Turkey City. The first property we came to, I bet you there was 15, and out of those 15 turkeys, there was probably at least five or seven um, that were long beards, and maybe even a couple jakes. So I was like, oh, oh, that's not good. And then we came to the second property, and there was probably, I don't know, that was probably that big group. There was, there was at least eight long beards, probably four or five jakes and the rest were hands and there had to have been close to 40 birds in that herd unfortunately there again they were about 300 yards from where we could hunt and uh, so we decided we would just give it a go anyways and so we set up and tried to call them in and they just they weren't having I don't know if they got a food source uh, on that other farm or, or what but they kind of been hanging around the same spot and they just they were fat and happy and had no reason to to do anything other than what they were doing and so we ended up you know licking our wounds and and putting in an early morning and then calling it quits and uh well went back to camp and packed up and uh and headed home so it was it was a great turkey season uh i considered it a success because we did actually get a turkey and get a shot off things just didn't go right but uh like i said my buddy he got he got one tom, uh, first tom of the year, which was kind of cool. Um, so it was a good hunt. It was a good trip. It was a it was a good family vacation. I, I feel like the nephews learned something. I know my brother-in-law learned something. Um, my daughter had a good time. She's a heck of a trooper. She's she's turned into quite the little mountaineer, and so um, yeah, it was a great trip and it was good memories and and it was a lot of fun. So. Hopefully, if everything goes right, I can make another trip here before the end of season and get back over here and uh, I try to get one of those wily suckers. But just wanted to give you guys a quick little update and uh, wanted to do a different little type of podcast where I just just kind of gave you the whole story. You know, not the rest of the story. This it's not Paul Harvey. The rest of the story. That's that's not what it is. This is the story. So. Anyways, guys, uh, hope you guys are getting out there trying to do some turkey hunting or at least some fishing or, or mushroom picking. Oh, that's another thing. Um, no mushrooms. I was hoping to really find some morels or some sheds and struck out on both. So it was just one of those years where it was just tough, tough, tough going. Um, I'm not sure if all the people was a back flood from COVID last year and people not being able to get out and this year we got twice as many um, or if it's just getting that popular but um, noticing that the birds have been uh, more abundant especially the uh, the toms and the jakes um, I think with not having hunting pressure the first three weeks of the season last year, I think that the result was a lot more birds on the ground. A lot more. It was Let's just say it was a target-rich environment that we couldn't capitalize on. That, that's basically what we ended up with. So, 
Anyways, guys, um, hope you enjoyed it, and hope you get out there, and we will try it again probably in a couple weeks. I'll give you another uh, another update. So, uh, thanks for listening. Well, thanks a lot for listening, bitches. So, I'm excited because now, not only can you find me on Instagram, you can also find me on Facebook. And what? Oh, I got my own website. Yeah, I got little technology fingers going and built myself a website. Thank you, Squarespace. Anywho, you can go check it out at MediocreOutdoors.org. I know, it's an org, but it's not a com, it's an org. So, all one word, all lowercase. M-E-D-I-O-C-R-E-O-U-T-O-O-R-S dot O-R-G. Check me out, guys. Leave me some messages. And you can donate now to the podcast. Hopefully, pretty soon, I'm going to have some merch out. And we are going to start selling it. And you guys are going to start buying it. So, hold on to that thought. Wait after Christmas. Save your cash. And we're going to buy some merch. And you guys are going to wear my swag. So, Anyways, have a good one. Talk to you later, guys. Hey, guys. If you're like me, you despise waiting in line at the big box stores only to deal with a minimum wage pimple popper that doesn't know his bore from his buttstock. Or spend hours of your precious time online looking up something that may or may not exist or is unavailable. Well, I have your solution. It's Rooftop Arms. Rooftop Arms is a new online-style, custom-built firearms and retail shop. If you can build your own weapon, would you? I would, and I would call these guys because they know what they're doing. The cool thing about this company is you can get a hold of them online. They know exactly what you want. You can custom-build anything you want. There's no lines, no pimple poppers, and no COVID masks. When you have your firearm built by Rooftop Arms, it is a precision firearm with customized parts and accessories made for your gun for your style of shooting. Not to mention, it will come with an optic or sight, depending on your preference, already mounted, professionally bore sighted, and ready when you pick it up. You know what that means? That means you're ready to punch 10 rings. That means you don't have to screw around with more time online looking for an optic, looking for a site, waiting for it to be delivered by Amazon. Nope, you're ready to go to the range. Also, it means not sitting there for the first 20 minutes, maybe the first day, wasting ammo trying to get your gun on target. It's ready to go. Did I mention it comes with its own carrying case and cleaning kit? These things are awesome. They're built, ready to shoot. There's no questions asked. Also, These guys, they do other things like sell ammo or sell optics if you want a different optic. They do all kinds of cool stuff. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and check these guys out. You know what? Better off, get off your Twitter, Snap, Face, Insta thing and flick your thumb the other way. Go to Google, go to search, type in www.rooftoparms.com. All lowercase, all one word. 
Again, www.rooftoparms.com. And get off the Twitter face thing. You don't need it. It's evil. <laughs>